This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And this episode is just going to be a quick, simple encouragement. Uh, you know, I, I try to think through, okay, I don't want to record too many things in a row that are kind of real heavy things, that are kind of real um, tough things to work through and apply, I like to try to mix it up. And, you know, as you go back through the catalog, you might feel like sometimes I didn't do so great at that, which is okay. That's probably a fair criticism. But for this episode, I want to share what is, um, it's one of my favorite verses in scripture, because I think the picture that it gives us, who he is and what he is like, is just so beautiful. And it's coming from a place that you probably wouldn't expect if the way I'm describing it of saying, hey, this this is a beautiful picture of who God is and what he's like. It's from the book of Zephaniah in the Old Testament. And Zephaniah is about, it's only a three-chapter book, and it's about warnings of coming judgment. And God is saying, hey, because of disobedience, because of unfaithfulness, uh, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be judgment coming against. And like you see uh, in a lot of passages in the Old Testament, it's kind of broken down into segments of the different places, right? The different cities, the different countries where judgment is coming. And so that's the first maybe two and a half chapters. And then at the end of the third chapter, God starts talking about um, the after effects for those who are faithful and who trust in him. And this is what Zephaniah 3.17 says. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And I want you to to picture for a moment the contrast between the first, like I say, about two and a half chapters about judgment, about destruction, about what's coming as a result of unfaithfulness. And then you end on this note, this picture of God as so gentle, right? He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Doesn't that just strike you as gentle and compassionate and loving and nurturing? And this, you know, we we often have this idea that the God of the Old Testament is harsh and judgmental and the God of the New Testament is loving and compassionate and forgiving. And although there is more talk of judgment in the Old Testament, 
to read it that way is missing that when God does speak this coming judgment, the coming uh, punishment and destruction, he doesn't leave his people hopeless. And that's what I absolutely love, even in these passages where it's looking and you're going, man, this is just bad stacked on top of bad. This is punishment on top of punishment. This is downhill followed by even more downhill. God does not leave his people without hope. God does not leave his people on their own. God meets his people with this degree of love and compassion and grace and forgiveness. And I want you to think about what it would be like to hear this verse coming after verse after verse after verse of here's what's going to happen because of unfaithfulness. Here's what's going to happen because of disobedience. It's two and a half chapters of build up, build up, build up, punishment, punishment, destruction, judgment. But God doesn't leave his people there. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. And those last two lines there, he will quiet you with his love. Doesn't that give you a picture of caring for a child? You know, I think of, uh, so Annalise and I aren't parents, but we do have the, the joy of being aunts and uncles, I think, what is it, six times right now. And it's awesome. It's given us an opportunity, right, to have a whole bunch of little babies in our lives and to practice what it looks like to try to quiet a crying baby. And for those of you who are parents, I don't know if you probably don't have the same experience of that that I do because for you it's happening all day, especially as kids are newborn. Um, But I remember uh, with Jackson, my oldest nephew, when he was, I don't know, it was probably four months old, six months old, somewhere in there, really young. My sister went to go get a haircut, and so I watched him for, I think it was probably like two hours, and he got on this crying spree, like nothing that I could do would even slow him down, and so I'm carrying him around the room, I'm rocking him, and I'm talking to him, and I'm I'm just, like, I'm super stubborn, and he is too, which at the time, I don't think I realized, but now it's like, oh yeah, it was like the perfect match, right? Like he's crying because there's something that he wants. And I'm looking going, uh-uh, dude, you're not going to break my spirit. I'm going to I'm gonna get you to quiet down. And I walked around rocking him. I was talking to him. I was singing. I was trying whatever I could to try to, like I say in this, in this passage, quiet him with love. 
And I, I want you to, to get what God is talking about here, what he's communicating about himself is this degree of care and compassion and graciousness toward his people, toward those who are faithful and who trust in him, that is on a whole nother level, right? So after he says, after, you know, this is Zephaniah saying, this is what we'll say. So that's why it says, he will quiet you with his love. But this is God telling us what he's going to do for his people. And then he will rejoice over you with singing. And I don't know, um, you know, being around Annalise's family has kind of put this in a different perspective for me because they're a group of singing people. They just, they, they'll start singing whenever, wherever. They just love it. But my experience growing up singing just like a, I don't know what you call it, an out of no, a spontaneous singing thing. Like that wasn't really something that would happen. My dad would, he likes to sing and he would sometimes do it. But singing in my mind is a super intimate thing, right? Like I only sing to Annalise and when I do it, it's really because I'm trying to make her laugh <laughs> because I'm not a good singer, okay? So I, I don't think I ever shared this before on the podcast. But I'm going to say it now. So in high school, we had to take choir class. So I went to a very small Christian school, and we didn't have enough people to have multiple electives. So you couldn't choose instead of choir if you couldn't sing well, which I cannot uh, you couldn't choose, you know, band or shop class or drama or whatever. It was, you had to do choir. And it was, I can't remember if it was during my junior year of high school or my senior year, but I was like, all right, I've been doing this since I was in sixth grade. I've been in choir, been forced to do this. I just don't like it. You know, I'm not gonna, I, I can't hit these notes. I'm just gonna, Instead of singing, I'm just going to lip sync and just mouth my way through uh, the rest of the, you know, either the next year or the next year and a half, and I'm just going to be done with this. And maybe two weeks into me just mouthing uh, the lyrics instead of actually singing these songs, my choir teacher said, hey, Alan, I want you to stick around after class for a minute. And I was like, oh man, he figured it out. He knows I'm he knows I'm not actually singing. I'm just lip syncing and he's gonna be not happy about this. And instead, he said, Hey, I just want you to know, you've been sounding really good these last couple of weeks. You're really getting this. And I <laughs> I walked away like, okay, I didn't get in trouble, but my choir teacher basically told me I suck at singing and I'm just a total lost cause, right? So, <laughs> so I don't sing. Maybe that's why singing is such an intimate thing in my head because it's like, man, I would never sing unless I was super comfortable around somebody. And even then, I only sing around Annalise, like I say, 
to try to make her laugh. And when I think about God rejoicing over us with singing, I think of what an intimate moment that is. When I see the way that he's taking care of his people, that his love and compassion and generosity and grace play out in our lives. I, I love this picture. Like I say, this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture because what it tells us about who God is and what God is like is it's probably kind of different from what most of us, if we're honest, what most of us think that God is like, right? This judgmental, I can't wait until you mess up so that I can punish you, right? And that's what the first few, the first two and a half chapters of Zephaniah, that's what it kind of feels like, right? But we've talked about this in a bunch of different episodes, and I'm going to talk about it in a bunch of future episodes because I really believe that the reason God, um, the reason he punishes, the reason he has rules, the reason that there are standards is not because he enjoys watching us step out of line. And, you know, you've probably heard people before call God like the divine smiter or something like that, right? Like the, the jokes and sometimes kind of only half jokes about like, man, we know that God just loves to get people. We know that God just loves to punish, punish, punish. But when you read Zephaniah 3.17, that, that's certainly not what you walk away thinking, right? And in the same way that parents set rules for their kids, it's not, you know, I, I guess there, there would be some parents, some places right, who are not in healthy places themselves, who set rules because they enjoy watching their kids fail. Um, but that's few and far between. The reason parents set rules is because they know what's best for their kids. They want to protect them. They're, they're coming from a place of love. And so even when God has these rules and standards and expectations, that's not in contrast with this passage in Zephaniah with a God who loves. Um, he has those rules and those standards and those expectations. And there are consequences for living life apart from his way because God wants us to experience the best in life. And he knows that that happens when we live life according to his rules, according to his standards. And that all comes from a God who is like this, like what Zephaniah says here in verse 17 of chapter 3. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save He will take great delight in you. 
He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing.